Welcome to the Crawling Around My Brain podcast. I'm your host, Graham Brown. Really excited to have you back with us here today. I know it's been a minute, as they say, since our last pod, but really appreciate all the support. Again, a monstrous shout out to my Australian fans, just really bringing it home for me down under. And also for all my stateside friends, a happy belated Thanksgiving. Obviously, a lot to be thankful for this year, and we are bearing down on Christmas. And for those of us that are lucky enough to have a birthday around that time of the year, we're also just getting warmed up for our gifts that count as Christmas and birthday combined. So really looking forward to that. This podcast has been in the works for about a month. It is an emergency pod, a review of the U2 show at The Sphere, which I had the pleasure of seeing at the beginning of November. And unfortunately, it's taken me about a month to recover from that experience, which is why you're now just getting this podcast here at the beginning of December. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Crawling Around My Brain with Graham Brown. I am here with my good friend and a man that Vanity Fair itself described as hotshot co-head of growth at Lion Tree Capital. He's also the frequent host of the Kindred Cast podcast. Uh, my guest today, Mr. Alex Michael. Ah, Welcome to the program. Thank you, Graham. Wow. So great to be here. This has been a long time for me. In the, this has been a long time in the making. It has. It really has. It really has. I know that uh, we've had some discussion before about maybe getting it on earlier. We're really waiting for the right moment. You can speak to a lot of different things. Yes, very... I can speak to a lot of things. Uh, for the audience at home. Yes, please. <laughs> wide, big, expansive audience. Yes, Australia, particularly. Australia is a big... Mm-hmm. Okay, I didn't realize that. No, okay. No. I like you down under. And yes. uh, Graham and I hosted a show. We were college roommates. Yep. And we hosted a show at Brown University. That's correct. Primetime. That's correct. Which was so clever as because it was... Uh, on at like five in the afternoon. Yeah, it was, I think, 7.30. Oh, was that okay. about right? Well, yeah. That seems too close to prime time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a little on the nose as a name. Yeah. Not a lot of competition. No. Uh, on the close, airwaves of Brown. It was closed circuit. Yes. Uh, just for Brown dorms. Yes, it was. But And frankly, great show. Great really, show. Really far ahead of its time. I thought so. It was hard to get people to record it, which might be a good thing in retrospect. Yeah, we don't need those tapes. Yeah. Don't go. <laughs> Audience member at home. Yeah, don't go yeah please. Don't, don't bother We had a looking. couple hit songs. We had uh, some good bits that we did. I think were ahead of their time. This is the mid-90s. It is. And then yeah. you continued on. Uh, once I left to play baseball, actually, right, you continued right, to show right. on. Some people said it was better. Some, you know, some said it was, you know, Hagar. Hagar? Van Halen, Sammy Hager. Is this Harry Potter? <laughs> Hagrid? What are you talking about? Some people about? like David Lee Roth. Some people you like. You were quite bitter Post-Roth. that we continued the show. I was. But I was. It, it just brought a different element. It just felt like you shouldn't be playing Hot for Teacher when I was no longer the lead singer of the band. Oh, that's all I'm saying. You're still going with the Van Halen. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Thank sorry, you. I was okay. trying to follow. Who, hey, who come is on. Hermione? <laughs> her name is. Uh, okay, hold on. This is a great dovetail into what we're here to talk about today okay great um and like i said you could speak to a lot of things you work in the entertainment world so you there's a lot of fun events you're going to a lot of really um interesting social media posts that you have you've got celebrities there's a lot of fun things that you've done yeah but one thing that we did together recently which we're here to discuss today is attend the u2 show at the sphere in las vegas as part of their octung baby residency 
So that's going to be what we talk about today, although we might go down. You're forcing the topic. Okay. <laughs> you can talk about a lot of things, but we're staying on this very strict, strict I path. think people want to hear it, frankly. I think people do want to hear our opinion. So, and I think, honestly, with only a few shows left, this should be a, um, I'm trying to think of the right term. Mm. This should be the impetus for people to book their tickets to go see the show, because I'm just going to give it away here, but we both had an amazing time at the concert. Well, that's so, a, that is certainly one significant takeaway. That yeah. was an incredible show. Incredible show. Yeah. And so it felt like we needed an emergency pod. Emergency. Unfortunately, the emergency was that I was sick for 23 days for getting back from Las Vegas. <laughs> the emergency is that we needed emergency <laughs> Thank you. to help our cold symptoms. Las Vegas is uh, known to do that for yes, folks. The, but anyway. Yes. Of all these interests, would it yeah. be fair to say that if I was going to talk to someone and do a deep dive on music, I wouldn't necessarily think of you right away? Definitely not. <laughs> I think that is a fair characterization. As I mentioned, we were college roommates, and I believe at the time, which was the height of CD mania, oh, yeah. right? Case logic. Everything. People had binders on binders and, you know, Sam Goody and yeah. HMB. HMB yeah. Right? yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, Virgin. These were all, this was a thing. And yes. I was not part of that thing. No. I got my first CD for my bar mitzvah. Wow. I think it was the Bodyguard soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> and that informed a lot of your musical taste. And I burned yeah. a hole in that one. And uh, it was Billy Joel's Greatest Hits. I think it may have been Nevermind. Uh, I was going to say, you're Nirvana. a big Stormfront guy for Billy Joel. Love the Stormfront. Elton John. Joe Alexa. Yeah. Elton John's Greatest Hits. Yeah. So Phantom I, of the Opera, you knew a lot of those songs well, as well. From your collection. <laughs> oh, okay. I, yeah, yeah. I, you, you made me a fan. Fair. Uh, <laughs> as you serenaded me to go to sleep. Um, <laughs> we did share a musical taste, though, in all seriousness. While you might not be a huge music aficionado at the time. I can appreciate really it. Yeah, I know I'll the draw. lyrics. I'll belt out 80 songs anytime you want. Can Counting Crows, you like? Well, Counting Crows, I will say, no, in all honesty, thank you. credit or discredit, mm. <laughs> your, my time in that room with you. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you make it sound like a cell of some kind? <laughs> when I wasn't in prison, <laughs> right. or when I was in prison, yeah. your <laughs> music imprint on me thank you. was life-changing. Wow. It was, and no, I say that, um, not as good or bad. But it's profound because it was a very gestational moment for me in my music dumb. And I think I ended up drafting off so many of your interests. Mm. Uh, I think of Counting Crows. I think of Dave Matthews Band. Mm. Um, other 90s relics. Wallflowers. Yeah. Wallflowers, big one. Uh, those were some of the big names in the late 90s. Yeah. Well, it was a and three CD. It was a three CD player. So those yeah. are probably the three. <laughs> those are the only things in there exactly. that I didn't scratch because they weren't being taken in and uh, out of the case gosh. logic. We never so figured out how to put them properly we, back into the case. You were very upset about that. <laughs> I was. But one of those yeah. groups, interestingly, that we didn't play a ton but did have a little bit of a moment while we were in college was U2. Mm. But it's not like you and I were on chats talking about U2's hits all the time and all this stuff. So when you came to me and said, hey, U2 at the Sphere, I had read the headline that they were going to play there. And my first inclination was not necessarily to go. Mm. Well, how about you? Were you like... Oh, I was like, where, where, how? Yes. Okay. So it was it was sort of a confluence. Well, first of all, back to the affinity towards U2. I've sure. always liked U2, but in the last... I'd say really decade, mm. 
for some reason, it's just really resonated with me. I liked their last album. Got it. Uh, had, I think, Get Out of Your Own Way and You're the Best Thing About Me, a couple of the bigger songs there. You had no idea. Good. But I like them. <laughs> uh, they were great stories about what was going on in America, and I, I, I just appreciated their artistry there. Wow. And obviously, they've been going since 1980. I mean, yeah. early, incredible story. late story. 70s. I don't know their I mean, very long time. And I have a very close uh, Irish friend, Andrew Heffernan, who, who knew of the band early on and it introduced me more and we went to a concert in business school and it really blossomed from there and I'm a huge YouTube fan so I've been to the last couple tours I would actually uh, go see them wherever I can Wow. Okay. Um, so you so were all in on it. I was all in. And then when you marry that to what I had heard about the sphere, yeah. which obviously for people in Australia who may have not heard of this, yeah. this is this $2.3 billion edifice to live performance built by uh, Jim Dolan and Madison Square Garden Entertainment that is um, ambitious to say the least in terms of bringing the live event experience to the next generation or the next century in terms of sound, sights, smells even, and just it's this huge, I don't know how, with 10-story, 15-story orb yeah. that has lights, and it's just an incredible edifice, and I heard so much, and then you marry that with you 2 it, it now, are you really a big tongue baby fan? So I have a very so as part of my musical journey, right. I was very influenced uh, by my mother growing up in terms of and my father who was really into light and easy favorites, and my mother who'd play like Whitney Houston and Michael Jackson and Paul Abdul. So like when other kids' dads were you know taking down Marlboro Lights and listening to Led Zeppelin, I was listening to like the best of Paul Abdul. Yeah. So when I was given the Octung Baby CD, that was a real turn for you too at the time, right? They moved on from like their Rattle and Hum and from The Wither Without You and, uh, you know, all their kind of more acoustic-y led rock mm-hmm. and roll mm-hmm. into this more kind of artistic take um, on, I wouldn't say like computer-driven rock, but like it's definitely a different sound for them at the time. And at first I like didn't like it, but then as years went on, I was like, wow, this album is awesome. So were you a big Octung Baby fan or were you just like, it doesn't matter. I know they're going to play some hits. Yeah, I really didn't Who even think about the labeling of the albums. Got As it. you know, I didn't own many albums. It felt so that I way don't... when I said, do you know this is the Octung Baby Residency? And you're like, whatever. I'm like, is Sunday, Monday, Sunday yeah, on that? Ticket. Like, I have no idea. <laughs> right. But I know the songs I like. Right. And I hope there's some of them on there. And two, two asides here. Not that Thank I you. need to kind of push my bona fides. But no, please. I worked at Ticketmaster. You did. So I have You've worked seen a ton in the of industry. concerts. I've seen a ton of concerts. I worked at Madison Square. Garden. Right. So it, it it's not completely lost on me on the industry side, but as right. a fan, I again not too many albums, but 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 appreciate the music. You've come. You've actually interacted many times, I think, with you two management or so you know. I, I would like to touch on that for a second just sure. to bring this closer home to the listener sure um i have been on a business conference call with bono amazing very insightful man okay very interesting yeah kind clearly of didn't really know how to dress him yeah is it <laughs> wow is it that mis- doesn't happen to a lot yeah well, yeah, yeah. well yeah. what do you say i'm mr Houston. right yeah for no. those in the know that's his real name right or is it no bono mr bono yeah <laughs> Is it Bono? What did you land on? I just said, uh, hi. Yeah. <laughs> so that that was the first run-in with the band. Okay. The second run-in with the band was about five years ago. And I think I've told you this story. And maybe as a bonus to your listeners, I'll put up this picture. Please. Let me get to it. But essentially, I'm flying business class, which I don't always do. But in this case, I was yeah. from JFK to LAX. 
I'm a little late for the plane. I go take my seat. There's probably four rows, obviously, or not obviously, but two seats on each side. And I'm on the aisle. And every seat is taken on that flight except for the one next to me. And so we're getting close to the closing of the doors and I see sort of a group or like three people kind of coming out the door and one sort of emerges and now is walking towards me. And I don't have my glasses on, but I'm like, that guy, there's something like he's really done up. There's some leather. There's a hat on like a skull cap. <laughs> right. And, I, and I'm like, I think, no. And, and I'm sort of saying, I think. I think that's the edge. Like I'd just seen a 60 Minutes about them and I had become a really big fan. I go, I think, he's sort of whispering to myself, I think that's the edge. And it keeps coming closer and closer and closer. And I'm like, well, we're, there's only one open seat. And now he's on me. Right. And I go, <laughs> oh my gosh. And I go, I hate, and I kind of call me, I'm sorry. I right. Just, I have to, like, right. are you... How early are you doing that? Like, right, right when he's, like, right about to need to pass me oh, to get into it. the seat because okay. I stand up. Right. So, are you the edge? Yeah. <laughs> he goes, yes, I am. <laughs> Was that... That's out of the Western. Yeah. Okay. We so, might... uh, I am. Yeah. Uh, we need some AI to yeah, edit from, that. Original. He's from uh, deep Texas. Yeah, 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 yeah. Texas, apparently. Yeah. And he sits down next to me. And I'm like, holy crap. It's incredible. The edge. Right. And now this poor man <laughs> is stuck next to me for six hours. Yeah. So, Greg, what would you do in that circumstance? How would you take that? Well, that's why I asked how early you went to the who are you kind of question. Yeah. Because in his mind now, he knows you know for the next six hours. Yeah. So you have to really be restrained, I would imagine. I. Is that would you say that's your forte to just hold back? Restraint or? is not my forte. <laughs> right. And so You're this like, is how close and, your laptop. And this is how, yeah, no work for you, Edge. <laughs> right. Mr. Edge. Oh, that's funny. And I and I said, you know, I said to myself, this is a public trust that I have now. Yes. And and this is how I, I try to not to get philosophical, I try to squeeze everything out of time and relationships and endeavors. And I'm like, a lot of people would pay enormous amounts. It's not a, about a money value, but but it's true that yeah. you could win a charity thing to sit with the edge for an hour or half an hour, let alone six. What this man has seen over right. his lifetime is a preeminent uh, guitarist in a preeminent band for four decades. Right. Like, it is beholden to me as a gift to plumb the depths of this guy, no matter what it takes. <laughs> and so I did. And he was lovely. Really? We talked about everything from like biochemistry to his favorite arena to play, which I think was MSG, wow. to his travels, to his diet, to his investments, to Malibu, where he's, he's had some fights over real estate there with the community, yeah. on and on. So eventually after about four hours, he tires. Shocker. <laughs> Does he uh, give you the... The cut, he did he throw like, a towel onto the thing? It's like right, just yeah. wave on wave of conversation <laughs> coming at him. Because I'm you're, you're telling the, the stewardess, we're good. No yeah, drinks, I'm like, cancel it, right cancel out. it. And he he says, I'm going to take a nap. Go, okay. Totally makes sense. Fine. So the guy goes in full recline. You may ask, does he keep the headgear on? Yeah, does he the whole time? 100%. Incredible. Never leaves his head. Wow. Must be warm. So he's now fully prone, mm. pulls up the, the, the thing. Wow. And I'm like sitting to myself. I'm saying to myself, not sitting, I am sitting, but I'm saying to myself, how are people going to realize that I had this conversation? Right. You could just make it up. I could have made it up. And by the way, I got to be kind of cool 
I can't say, hey, let's take a picture. Like right. now we're talking you're, like your friends. business people, yeah. like friends. So I'm like, I'm going to take a picture of him while he sleeps. <laughs> nice. That's, yeah, maybe illegal, but Incredibly fine. Incredibly weird. Yeah. And so I like hold up my ginger ale and I kind of turn it around. <laughs> so I have plausible deniability <laughs> and I start snapping away at a sleeping edge. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God, if this guy wakes up or even peeks with an eye, one eye open right. and I am filming him sleeping for two more hours, this is really going to be uncomfortable. <laughs> right. And maybe there'll be po- cops waiting for me. The other. <laughs> Long story short, he doesn't catch me. I have this picture to this day. Amazing. And then, of course, at the end of it, I'm like, yeah, maybe we take a minute. He's like, let's do it. I love it. And like get my info. And like so I have an actual selfie with him, which is lovely. Great. Did but you keep the sleeping one? I 100 percent. So I said for your fans. Yeah. Email Graham, wow. give out your email, and I will send the sleeping edge. Wow, incredible. Sorry, that was a long detour. We should do a raffle of some kind to get the sleeping edge photo. I love that. That would be incredible. A, now, a signed one by me. <laughs> a full, uh, a follow-up question, excuse me, yes. on that. Now, when Edge is going to sleep, are you like, hey, I just want to let you know, if you have to use the restroom, feel free to let me know. I'm happy to move out of the way for oh, you. Oh, interesting. <laughs> do, yes. Is there any seat decor where you're like, hey, Edge? Whatever you much. need. Yeah, yeah. Whatever yeah. you need, you let me know. Or, or you're too much on my – could you put your bag a little bit further mm. under on your yeah. side? You yeah. know? I mean, mm. I know there's a little more room up there. I don't know if you've got the full divider or not. But <laughs> No, uh, we didn't. I, what I'm imagining business class to yeah. be is, yeah. is, is, is – just wondering if you have to go through any of those protocols like I normally do. Yeah, people no. people in my row. No, we don't have to pay for drinks. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just let them know like, hey, if I go to sleep, Edge, just wake me up. No, yeah, no. no if I'm yeah. snoring, no, no. Okay. None of that small talk. Got because, it. Because um, you were already deep into other stuff. I was so like literally just amped up on trying to think wow. of the next thing to mention, even while I was sleeping. It's so great because a lot of people in that situation would have been like, this guy talks to a lot of people. He's got a long flight, presumably a show at the end of this flight, maybe. <laughs> yeah. We're going to let this not. guy sleep. But they would have missed out on this great opportunity. And I'm sure that he also has a lot of people just avoid him because he they think he's famous and he doesn't want to sure. talk about stuff. But turns out he has a lot of interest. So. Very, very interesting. I'd forgotten about that. Was not on my notes of things Sorry, to talk about. I, was, I hijacked it for my edge story, but I thought it was interesting. I think skipping three or four yeah. bullet points that I have here for that story was Thank a you. very good. Thank you very much. Very good trade. All right, but well, let's fast start. So anyhow, okay, hold on. I, I was those are my credentials for this YouTube conversation because uh, I feel impressive. you have a lot of illustrative guests on this. Well, who have had experience with the music, and I'm just trying to say I could, I can, I can hang. And you're a huge fan of the pod, yes, as I know. I am. And also, were uh, the first podcast that we had was a review of the Troubadour Counting Crows show, which you were also at. So right. there's there's a lot going on. Well, you do, yeah, I, go I did take some offense, to be <laughs> honest. You called in an outside expert to critique the show. That that said expert, who I love, by the way, yes. big fan of his as yeah. well. Yeah, thank um, you. Uh, was not at the was show. Was not at the show. Right. Yeah. And I was at the show. But that's okay. I think, okay. I think that it might have been a little too inside baseball if oh, you and I were talking about some show it. that no one else besides got 250 it. people had seen. Right. He did just play the same songs. Anyways. Exactly. Well, we're going to get to that. So, okay, let's uh, go. Let's, I want to get to yes. some of the similarities, actually, but the differences as well. So, okay. Yeah. Uh, we got a lot to cover, so we're going to kind of go through some of these. But I just want to ask you, we get there, and we are now in Las Vegas. I don't know if we don't necessarily want to get into – ticket procurement or any of those things unless you'd like to we can touch on that in a second i call in some favors call in some favors and i this is this is helpful because i i think your podcast is to entertain but also inform thank you that's what i've gotten from your show yes and um people ask i think as it pertains to the sphere 
Uh, and by the way, sphere, sphere, like it's sort of sphere. Sphere, I believe. Yeah. yeah. Uh, where should one sit? Yes. Right? Yes. Now, hold on about that. So, okay. So, hold on. We want to get to that. Sorry. But we're, we've been in Las Vegas telling people we're going to see the show, right? And that question is coming up. Comes and up people are like, oh, you've got to be way up near the top because then right. you see the whole screen. Or, you know, what people have a lot of opinions. Yes. And they don't seem that impressed about the tickets that you have gotten, right? I mean, they're not, maybe they don't know exactly where we're sitting, but that has never come up as like a great place to sit or anything. So I guess continue with your story. <laughs> okay. Thank you for that. <laughs> no, but you know, people wonderful were not. Setup. Yes. We were saying, oh, so we were sitting for, for the audience at home. We, yes. we were, uh, we had procured, I had procured tickets um, from Madison Square Garden um, uh, at level 100 at uh, section 105. Yes. Row 17 to be yes. precise. And Which is not the floor, but is the first. So the way the sphere is set up, right, is there is a floor, GA floor, then a riser of seats on the first section, mm -hmm. then second floor balcony, third floor balcony, maybe even a fourth floor balcony, at maybe. least two and three. And the stage is obviously down by the floor in the pit, and it's sort of the bottom of the of then the soaring sort of arc of screen slash kind of planetarium thing. Right. Um, and so when I had asked the MSG person who was kind enough to help me procure the tickets and I paid for them, they uh, they said the best seat for them and which is where they sat when they did the demo was the 100 section. Got it. So I took that at face value. It was the most expensive and it was called by the actual creators the, the best, best area. Right. So, but to your point, on the Friday, we went and saw it Saturday in early November. Yes. November 4th, um, I believe. Yeah. Uh, when we're like, oh, we're there, they'd be like, oh, well, we were 101, five, section, one, something. Yeah. Or no, we no, were section like 200, 200 in the middle, 300 yeah. in the middle, near the balcony. Everyone, it's one of these things. I don't know what's another phenomenon like this where it's a, it's a testament to the building that everyone thinks their seat was the best. Right. But everyone's like, that's the best. Right. That's and true. it's all they know. And you're like, oh, we're in 105. And they'll be like, well, really, you're not getting the height of the sphere or whatever. Yeah, it's true. And it, so we're just going off that thinking maybe we're off, but shouldn't right. be, couldn't be. Right. Okay. How could the best seats that the people who created right. the product basically you buy from them, right. how could they not be the best? But your point, I never looked at it as a positive. That is interesting. All these other people we ran into and we mentioned, you know, that we were going to see this concert said, oh, well, you got to sit up higher maybe because of the big screen and all stuff. And, yeah. and I was thinking, to your point, is this like Epcot Center or like a planetarium? Like, how cool is this going to be? Yeah. So you and I and uh, a couple of our associates are making our way what feels like miles of Venetian marble and carpet to get to the sphere. That's right. But uh, I, I will just share power notes here. Thank because you. I think for, again, inform for our Australian listeners. Yes, please. Uh, this this is connected to the Venetian. Yes. Uh, towards the back of it because it's off the strip. Mm -hmm. And we had a lovely dinner at Mott 32. Very right? nice. Wonderful. Chinese meal. We had a nice Great. private room in the back. Very nice. And that's a stone's throw from the entrance of where you start your yes. marathon to yes. get there. Yes. So just know that this is connected to the Venetian. Yes. And there are restaurant options there. Yes. But also hard reservations to get. Hard reservations. And if it's an 8 o'clock show, you really should be eating at like 5. Agreed. So just power tips there. <laughs> this is great if right? for, for we, folks that are interested. And that's part of the reason we're doing this because – 
they're not going to play here forever as there's been announced. No, and it turns out the early March will be the end of their run. Right. Um, so anyhow, we have the dinner and we, we do to your point, there's football fields of carpeting. I don't know where they procure right. enough alpaca, <laughs> right. wherever they get their plastic probably that's weaved. Yeah. And you're just walking for miles to get this other thing. Yeah. And you Did you feel going. like there's herded excitement. animal or airport? Or in not neither? Mm, kind of in between. I agree. Okay. I, it wasn't so like, oh, we're in this push of a crowd. No, but it was a, it was a long... But it was a long... And the anticipation, the good part is everyone's pumped, right? Yes. This is a highlight for pretty much every single person that's going. So that's great. So you get there, you go through a layer of security, and then you enter inside. And what's your Which, first... Which, by the way, was yeah. pretty smooth. I didn't I find any of that to be debilitating. I thought that no. the excitement stayed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not trying to say there's anything wrong with it. It's, just, it's, a, it's a quite a it's walk. It's quite a walk. It gives you enough time to, to really... think about your life. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and keep guzzling beers at a cheaper exactly. <laughs> level than what you'll pay for in this year. Okay. okay, so but you would get in, and then it's like a spaceship. Spaceship vibe, kind of like... Tron? Yeah, like... Glow if, if like music neons. could be glowing, it would yes. be glowing. It'd be sort of orbiting yes. something and yes. planetarium esque, actually. Right? Yeah, almost like you're on a space station yes. or something like that. But but to me that was nicely done because it's sort of like you're checking out of what you know into a different stratosphere. I totally agree. It felt like you were somewhere else and very cool vibe, and they got the bars and everything like you'd have at a normal event. You yeah. know, again to your point, not super cheap, but they've got what you want, and then you go into the actual sphere area. Yeah. And I think, I'll just say for me personally, that's really when it hit. I was like, at first, I was like, hey, you know, whatever. It's a big screen. I've been to a drive-in before. Yeah. Like, you know, how cool is this going to be? And then when you get in there, you're like, oh, my God, this thing is massive. Massive. And I didn't even know what the – I hadn't watched any videos. I don't know if you did that before. Did you try well, to we abstain? talked about this, which is, I yes, I, I tried to abstain from really – because – it must be annoying to this point in terms of people on social media of like, oh, I want to the sphere. Like, here's right. my pictures. And right. like, A, I wanted to be completely surprised. B, it clearly now in hindsight does no justice to the experience. None. So like you want to stamp like everything else cool that you're there and that's fine right. and you do that and you promote it. But it doesn't do justice to your experience or really the experience. doesn't matter how many cameras they put in an iPhone. You cannot capture. Yeah, iPhone 90. Yeah. You know, it has nothing. You cannot <laughs> capture how surreal, how gargantuan the Thank experience you. is. Yeah. And so. Any other the, words like big? Um, uh, the enormity. Yeah, massive. The uh, excessive. No, yeah. no, excessive is pejorative. I, yeah. I mean, just like the, the enormous. Yeah. You're really surrounded by the screen. I think that's yes. the thing I did not quite realize. Mm -hmm. The screen doesn't just go up straight. It envelops you. Thank you. Yes. We'll, leave, we'll leave it at that. It's it really womb-like. It is. Uh, uh, maybe I that think. was too far. We're going into therapy, <laughs> psychotherapy now. Okay. Um, sorry. Listen, I, I, know, I love my I, parents. And I know yeah. that we have a few more things to get yes. to and not a ton of time with you. No, You're a very, okay. very busy very, man. Very um, okay. Just quickly, yes. shout out to the opening DJ. There's an opening DJ before, and yes. this guy is pumping out banger after banger. Dude, this guy was rocking. Rocking. I mean, the whole place, obviously we wanted you two to come out, but yeah, had they been five minutes late, I don't think anyone would have You could have had happy. an hour and a half of this guy and been very happy because Agreed. we're popping the Topo Chico hard seltzers. Oh, some like people are popping them, some are spilling yeah. them on the floor. Yeah, like our buddy who right. Joe just doused the ground with it. Like literally had to have waiters. seated the ground with Topo Chico. Oh. <laughs> there's going to be a Topo Chico tree by the end. Luckily, there's only 56 ounces for those. Yeah, so. no wonder this brand new venue is going to survive. 
But um, anyway, we're having some so cocktails. We're, but, but back to yeah. the seats, like, it dawns on us that these are the perfect seats. Yes. Well, the screen's not oh, on yeah, the yet. The screen's not on yet. But, but they're perfect because you're only about 100 yards to we're, the stage. Get on to right the on to middle mic. mic yes. And the DJ's doing his thing. Right. And the vibe of the crowd is so great. But, you know, what's interesting, though, it's not universal in the sense that you have some... I guess casual YouTube, likes who are just kind of sitting older people right yeah. because of the band it's not it's a real range of oh, 100, ages 100% some are like okay arms crossed trying to impress me right and some are just really into the vibe so it wasn't universal in that sense but generally a very strong vibe I agree I right? agree I think the difference of having something in Vegas is that you're not just going to get like hardcore YouTube fans you're going to get like people that are in Vegas and just want to go to some amazing show but I feel like the people that were into it um, once the band hits the stage like they're going nuts. They're going nuts. And so we're so again to where we were sitting. I just thought it was an incredible then location because you have eyesight directly on level with the stage, which is obviously elevated off the floor, but is now at your level at row seventeen. And then you have the soaring pitch of the sphere screen that is up and over you. Right. So it's kind of the best of both worlds. I think you have better sphere footage, sphere footage from the balconies, mm -hmm. but you lose that there's a band actually happening. So for your power notes portion for everyone, yeah. what we're trying to say is if it's a hundred more, even 200 more. I know times are tight. Uh, we all get that. Sure. But if you can spend a little extra and you go see the show, getting into this section, like the 105s, 106s, whatever, yes. you're going to get the band and the screen. And I don't think we lost anything with the screen. Zero. You still see the whole thing as my and I also think YouTube videos. The, some of the optics of once it goes on are where they give the visual effect of the ceiling sort of compressing down on you. Yeah. There's actually, I thought, more impact, and obviously I didn't sit in the balcony, but in the balconies, it's never truly quite on top of you because you're up to the side or the back. Right, right. Whereas if you're literally kind of in the middle, which you are in our section, it's as if that box, that's that top, is kind of coming right down on your head. Yes, I agree. Which creates a very cool effect with the band in front of you. I agree. And so, and just to uh, mention this, because I'm sure there's some people out there being like, yeah, if you said go fly first class, it makes the flight much better, I would do it. Sure. What we're trying to say is if you look at the tickets, even on the resale market, there's not a huge discrepancy between the sections. So what we're trying to say is if you're going to go to the show, it's worth showing a lot a little more because this does actually. It's our recommendation. Yes. And there was, exactly. there's plenty of cooperated beyond just our experience. So yes. Let's not get, that anyone needs more. No one needs more. We're the authorities in Australia. So th this, um, let's get into the show. Thank you. So, <laughs> are, you host, are you hosting? Oh, sorry. No, I'm, I'm let's get into to, the show. Yeah, let's get into the show. They come out. Now, just to just give people some high-level overview here. Yes. You, you two, take this. You take this. You two does about 22 songs total, okay, I believe. I didn't count. Okay. Uh, I have the set list from our show in front of me. They come out. They bang through a big chunk of Octung Baby. Now, obviously, they have to do this because there's video accompaniment to a lot of these songs, right? So the way that their sets in general goes, you got the Octung Baby section, then they break it out for like an acoustic set where they can change the songs in and out, and then they go back into their um, encore at the end of the show. So uh, I'm just going to give folks a couple of songs. So they start with Zoo Station, they go into The Fly, Even Better Than The Real Thing, Mysterious Ways, One, Until the End of the World, Who's Gonna Ride Your Wild Horses, Trying to Throw Your Arms Around the World, and then All I Want Is You. That's the first block. So what are your thoughts when the first block is happening? I am just blown away by this experience. And I think you shared that. We were looking at each other, like this tears in our eyes. There was yeah. some splatter of Tobi yeah. Chico. <laughs> uh, uh, it was a, insane. It was a $19 candy spill. But, it was um, so much Tobi Chico. <laughs> 
<laughs> but it really was a nice build to no and uh, jokes aside i just i'm like wow these are the songs i know first of all they're great the accompaniment now you're getting what this thing is about 100 the different images the, the 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 stills the action the ups the downs the stages moving number again nothing we'll say here will do it justice nor will the videos you see on social media you just have to experience it yeah but married to their creative art, married to their song, their impact, the way they perform, those sounds, those strings, it's surreal. It was incredible. Yeah. And the energy was just building, 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 building. Yes. The synchronous. So a couple of things that are also of note here. There's nothing on the stage, which you pointed out originally. It's like very simple. It's like the drum set. Spartan. Like there's not like you have a bunch of amps and monitors and all this stuff. It's just the edge with his guitar, Bono with a microphone, and the drummer who's not there. Yes, sir, yes. But there's another drummer than uh, Adam Clayton Powell, oh, yes. the, the bassist, yes. right? Yeah. Um, hopefully I didn't mess his name up. I think that's uh, right. Okay, thank you. I always you. confuse him with Colin Powell. Yeah. Not the same. <laughs> he was not on stage. No, he was, not. Uh, he was in section 300. So anyway, um, I would just say, I mean, obviously, like, all the Octung Baby songs are great. The synchronization with the screens are great. But when you get to songs like One, I mean, you just realize, like, how big of a band we're talking about here. Huge. So I think there's, like, 15,000 seats in this place. More, I need to like check. 18 or 19. Oh, is it 18? Okay, yeah. no, sorry. So... I mean, that's not a lot. They can fill huge Stadium. football stadiums, which I saw them last time. And frankly, last time I saw them on their Joshua Tree tour, I actually didn't think Bono sounded that great. And I was really much happier and more impressed with the way that the acoustics were in this place. Because sometimes you could trade off acoustics for this big show. Yeah. But in this case, it was really a nice blend. So, okay, so they're crushing, they're humming along. Then they go into the section where they kind of have some flexibility with their songs. We get... They're essentially turning off they the turn screen, off the screens. and now they're doing a variety of songs that I guess change from show to show. Right. Kind of like you, a Zoo TV vibe where there's like four screens, one on Bono, one on Edge. And you're really not getting the full sphere experience on purpose yes. because that lets them interchange, and they're not choreographed like the other ones. Exactly. And it's a kind of more of an intimate feel. So we get Desire, When Love Comes to Town, Love Rescue Me, Acrobat, So Cruel. Ultraviolet, light my way, and then love is blindness. So I, I desire blows me away. I'll be honest with you, the rest of those, that's it's when stuff. I went and got another Topo Chico. Well, that's what I say. I'm going to yeah. say that section brought to you by Topo Chico. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's you think tip. there's a sponsorship happening? I think there is. That's the time you go get another tall boy. <laughs> and had I paid enough attention oh, to know that funny. string was coming, yeah. I would have been out of there by the second song yeah. of that stanza <laughs> of boredom. <laughs> But it, 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 it pained me a lot there. And I know we were looking at each other, like, kind of cross-eyed, like, how you have this energy, how you have the people on the tip of your, like, the whole yeah. thing. Uh, and then you're like, and then you let seven it go. songs. And you're like, we're going to let you, we're going to let right. this go away. Right. So it's nine songs is where All I Want Is You. The ten songs desire. So for ten songs in a row, you're getting basically fastballs. Rocking. Right? It's crushing. The place is peaking. And then yeah. all of a sudden, people are getting up to go. The, it's getting restless. The people it, yeah. with the arms crossed have come back. They're right. seated. You know, they're like, show me what you got. Like, right. you know, you're one trick on some of these things. And it's really, the energy has taken a big toll. It has. Now, I will say, to bring it back to the County Crow show we saw, not to the degree that it did when we got the Butter Miracle Suite. Because I think, pe but I think what's, it was interesting because people know how many hits you two have. And they're like, there's no real reason for this detour. Correct. Like, you could go end to end if you want 
wanted to. Hit, 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 hit. Hit, right. You could have, I, I would have understood trying to press a creative thing with one or two, but right. the seven? Seven is, is a long... I felt like you're kind of taking money out of my pocket. Okay. So then to bring this back, that happens. We we get more Topo Chico going. Yeah. We're having a good time. Bathroom Someone break. cleans up the floor yeah. finally. Yeah. Uh, and now they, the band comes back for their encore, right? And and just to give people an idea. So now we're pumped because we're like, okay, they, they like got that struggling. out of the way. Like, right. We're like, the buzz is fading. <laughs> Two nights in Las Vegas the at this point. The buzz is right? fading right. hard. Right, uh, Yeah. The dinner is not blending the well with the double chicken. <laughs> Uh, also, Power Note, you have to order that like three weeks in advance. Great point. I'd like our, so, our listeners yeah, to know that picking the Peking Duck cannot be ordered on demand at Mod 32. <laughs> They're hanging in windows up and down but, the Upper West Side. But, but yeah. also with that said, yeah. you can either go to the show and have the best ticket or yeah. a Peking Duck. That's it's true. The same price. That's true. That's true. So, yeah. I mean, but people love the duck. Right, Maybe you trade it off. Okay. So we get to our encore. They come back out. We know they've got a couple. At least we're guaranteed a couple more good songs. Let's hope so. Yeah, right. We're like, please. We're staggering. So Elevation, huge hit. Great. Atomic City, I think newer song. Vertigo, Where the Streets Have No Name, With or Without You, and then Beautiful Day. So There were tears on Beautiful Day. I know one of my friends was uh, chiding me. I, I actually had tears. You did have tears, yeah. and you were saying, and and I don't want to hold you to this, now yeah. it's been a few weeks uh, yeah, or a month, yeah, really, that we've had yeah. to retrospect. But you had said top five things in your life, not yeah. obviously including the birth of your children or anything no, else, I, right? But, but yeah. the top five maybe event that you had been to. Yes. And you were crying, which I wanted to say, first of all, testament to you too because as we just described we're coming off a seven song yeah downer yeah like a car accident yeah. and now it's so good at the end uh, that you're like that wave because this is the greatest thing ever. That's, yeah. happiness that's how to big tears yes yeah. you know it just was uh, you know to break it down Graham it was um Please do. It was just one of these poignant moments. The other events I'll put in that bucket were were the giant Super Bowls, 07. Okay, great. Love where, it. Uh, I took my dad for 60th, 11, where I took my brother. Those two victories also evoked tears because they were journeys yes. and they were with special people. Yes. And, and I thought this U2 event in this setting with that music, with you and a few other of our closest friends, it was just so soaring, so beautiful, so powerful. The Topo Chico was really flowing. working, was flowing. <laughs> and I just was overwhelmed in a, in a beautiful way. Because there are so many times in this life where you don't have, you're just a little numb to it all. And to have something that just show that, that just shook you to the core in a great way, that kind of uh, elevated all your senses and tied it with, all, you know, that U2 song, Beautiful Day, was, even though I'm not a Patriots fan, was what really was big in that Super Bowl uh, after 9-11 and Bono goes on stage and pulls out the American flag on his jacket and that was such an incredible, beautiful moment. It's when the Patriots were under, underdogs and kind of lovable. Um, and just threw so many U2 things in a soundtrack, let alone uh, experiences and journeys with such close friends like yourself. It just was a beautiful thing. And it was a beautiful day. I almost don't want to say anything. I can't help myself, though. Sorry. Please do. Please do. <laughs> I don't want to say anything because I think you're totally right. Yeah. What I would say is that for someone like me who had, I'll be honest, had stopped listening to you two as much. I wasn't, like, angry that they put the album on the iPhone. But I did, like, stop buying albums for some reason after that. I think it just, I, I got busy, right? You two kind of went away. But they've always taken big swings. And in retrospect, they are the perfect band to open this place up because they are uh, just on the cutting edge of like 
um, music and technology, and they're always trying to find a new way to wow us and like provide that experience. And they just absolutely nailed it. And to your point, I have the videos of us crying and singing. Those won't be shared as any part of the raffle. <laughs> That's part of it. Email us for those, please. <laughs> I don't think we sound as good as I thought we did in the moment. But with all those people singing every single lyric to those songs at the end, Magical. Just, just couldn't Magical. get better. So I, I strong recommend for people strong. to go see the show. And, and, and really, uh, you know, more quibbles, uh, but, but really the biggest punchline is incredible. Drop whatever you think is more important. Uh, scrounge together money if you can. Like, go experience this. This has transformed the live event experience. And with that band in particular. I don't know how Fish will be. We can talk about the other bands we'd like to see or performers. But there was something just so magical, unexpected, novel, beautiful, creative, artistic. And I really, you know, if I was quibbling, that seven song stanza, <laughs> the Topo Chico break, right. was brought to you by Topo Chico, was, um, was really a tough one because there was so excitement and it was so cool that like, what if they had played Pride in the Name of Love right. or Sunday Bloody Sunday right. or some of these other hits? That you might had. get it, though, on some of the they Yeah, they have played the those things. Right. That just, I want to see that venue with that band, fastball, fastball, fastball. Yeah. And so anything short of that feels like a miss. And they may say, well, this song we love and what I don't know what they're doing, but they're doing the album, which is fine. Right. But that seems like their choice. It does. No one's saying I'm going there to hear the Octunga album. Right, they're right. going to hear you, too. And right. play me your best songs. Right. Anyhow, incredible experience. Uh, it was easy enough to get out football, fo football fields and just left you. But I'll tell you this. I don't want to go back to see you, too. Not because if someone offered me a ticket, I'd go. But it was just so magical the first time of doing it with the people you go with. I think that's incredible. If you went with a work group, I don't think you're having the experience we had. No. So I think if being with loved ones, being in that environment yes. where you feel comfortable, I think was important. I totally agree. And I, I would just uh, leave it with this. First of all, I appreciate your insight around this. Had I know that you'd be such a great guest on the podcast, I would have had you come on I'm earlier. I would be the 12th yeah. guest. <laughs> just was, we needed the right thing to, to talk about. Let this it breathe it. a little bit. Let this it is it. And maybe bit. now we can revisit that kind of crush concert on a different podcast. I would, I would, I'd love to be back. We just go song by I'm, song through that I, set I, list. I, yeah. I just, that one always comes back to me when yeah. he does Mr. Jones and he points at Cindy Crawford, which yes. is like but 1997. In, that, in the U2 show, yeah. you did not have any need to pull out your cell phone to text anyone or write any updates on Instagram or anything because you were that locked in. That's true. Let's Usually, that I, 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 was, were, I was taking pictures to capture for myself, sure. but not to... You were in 100%. Really I was dialed in. That's the type of show that this That's is. what this is bringing. And that's yeah. rare in this life as well. 100%. So, Graham, just as yes. we're kind of post-mortem uh, post thoughts here yeah. on this whole experience, um, <laughs> top three other acts you'd like to see in this venue? We, I just mentioned Fish has been announced for four dates at least. Yeah, you're right. Great, great question. Um, Who can really care? Now, you could say Counting Crows, but like they wouldn't carry this venue, really. Yeah, it, does, it, it doesn't really work the same yeah. way. I think at the time we had talked about Coldplay, mm. which again, for people listening, they'll be like, well, these two guys, like who's next? You know, like yeah. James Taylor. But like, James but it'd be great. But I mean, I do think that you need a band that's big enough to fill an arena, but that also, you know, is willing to take some chances and like integrate the screens. Otherwise, like, what's the point? So actually, right. I don't think the Counting Crows would be good, right. good here. I think Fish will be interesting because I think the people watching will be, the who knows where they'll be. Yeah. Massively. <laughs> I think that'll be good. Um, I don't know. I mean, people said like, I think actually Lady Gaga would be a great yes. person because she has a 
wide range of songs. Taylor Swift? I don't know. I feel like Taylor Swift is arena. I feel like she... It, so I, is you, too. Yeah, I know. I don't know. I think, ta- obviously, I mean, I'd be an idiot to say Taylor Swift yeah, wouldn't yeah. be good at doing that. No, she'd crush it. almost yeah. feels too easy. So yeah. I would say Coldplay, Lady Gaga. Um, Does that present a challenge that there aren't that many? I mean, I guess you can try anything, but you need to create this. It's a whole thing. Some people might like want to say, tour. like, poli- the police, maybe. Oh, you, like, yeah, sting up yeah. there. But then... Timberlake? Yeah, but the stage is small. He's yeah. dancing around. He's doing stuff. I think you need a band. Well, but you can project the dance. Yeah, I guess so. Hey, you know what? Backstreet, NSYNC. Clearly, I'm. Bands. Clearly, my uh, creativity has just uh, <laughs> left. Madonna, the, left the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah. I'd have to think about because I put you two at like one of the best bands no. of all time and, and multi generational too. Yeah, right? not just often '80s hits. They have more than that. Yeah, like, and you're not like. Raging around, you're sitting in a seat. Stones, yeah, not anymore. Again, I mean, I think any of these bands would work. Yeah, yeah. but um, well, well, I would love to go again. I think. What about sports? (laughs) I thought you had to go. (laughs) Well, I'm just saying we're here. I do have to go. What time is it? Oh my gosh, it's five oh eight. Let me check the phone. But yeah, let's let's wrap this up, guys. Let's wrap this up. Okay. Anyway, I honestly want to sincerely thank you for for getting the tickets. And encouraging me to come. Um, and it was an incredible show. And thank you for coming on the podcast. Uh, we'll definitely have you back on again to talk about any number of things. But really appreciate your Graham, time today. I would love to be back on. I'm a big fan of your work. Thank I you. love that you're doing this as a creative enterprise. Appreciate it. Love to see you at the Sphere. I'll be there. Yeah, uh, and, uh, as, a, as a fan. It was great being part of this. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much. Mr. Alex Michael, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. hope you enjoyed that one as much as I enjoyed recording it. Big thanks again to my buddy Alex Michael. Really appreciated his perspective on our shared experience at U2 The Sphere and cannot recommend that enough. I know it's not cheap. I know that not everyone's going to have the ability to get to Las Vegas to see a concert. But uh, the underlying point here is, is that The Sphere spectacle Uh, is really impressive. And if you do find yourself in that part of the world or there's an artist that you really want to see that's playing there, I would prioritize that experience because it's well worth it. Uh, We will be back with more. Again, if I don't talk to you before the holidays, I hope you have a great one and a wonderful remainder of 2023. Take care, everybody. Thank you. Thank you.